so much investment in healthcare right now. What is healthcare? They now have to understand. They have to be involved and they have to be engaged. Hello and welcome to RevTech RX podcast powered by Streamline Health. I'm David Kozlowski, and today we are going to be talking about the Balancing Act at Class. And of course, as such, we have Steve Lowe, who is the president at Class Research, here with us today. Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And then Javad Sheikh, Chief Strategy Officer at Streamline Health. Thank you for coming. Glad to be here. So to get right into it, uh, I want to know, how did Class come to be? Like, Where did it start? Who had the idea? What happened? So it was about 26 years ago, and the founder, his name's Ken Gale, he was a, a kind of a healthcare software salesman. And he had this experience a number of times in the industry recognizing that there were just these unfilled promises, right? He's, he's selling software and finding that within healthcare technology, people make all sorts of promises and there's just this disappointment time and time again with hospital systems implementing software that's not doing what they say they, they're going to do. So he gets the idea of like, let's have a company that just gets the unbiased view of customers. Like what's really happening with software? This is going to help other people as they make their buying decisions. Starts out, you know, just collecting research, talking to customers, and it really has grown over the last 26 years in the, in the volume, the scope, and the sophistication of that research that we do, right? But the mission hasn't changed, right? What started as, an, as a, a company that was founded on this idea of like, let's bring transparency to healthcare technology. Let's amplify the voice of the provider within healthcare technology. We're still doing the exact same thing today. Yeah. You're just adding, I'm assuming more products, more areas and categories. Yeah. You know, it starts out where we're looking at, you know, EMR, EHR packages, and then you start looking at ERP and, and RevCycle products and, you know, pharmacy, you name it, kind of every area that we can really get our hands on and, and find insights. Uh, we're seeking to expand into that to help healthcare technology just be a more transparent place. That's great. You made the comment that when originally class was started, the uh, a lot a lot of transparency wasn't there. It was like, yeah. I'm going to present this. We have this great product. We implement it and then it's garbage. How often do you actually find products where they go work with class and it is garbage? Oh, it's probably a better way to phrase it. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's it's great to see because we've got quite a quite a few years of longitudinal data. So we get to see a long-term trajectory of the performance of these of these products. It's interesting, depending on the segment you look at, customers can be really, really happy. So in, in some segments we look at, the scores are consistently high and rising. It's a healthy, vibrant, competitive place. There are some areas where, I th and I think this is what you're, you're asking, like there are significant numbers of vendors we measure who have dissatisfied customers mm -hmm. all the time. So, you know, I... Multiple times a week, even even me individually, I get on the phone with CEOs, CIOs, executives at healthcare companies and ask them specific questions about their software and their experience. And I, you know, consistently hear great things, but I also hear disappointments. So we, we encounter that all the time. No, that's fair. Thank you, because the follow-up on this is really aimed towards you, Javad. When we first started working together at uh, Avalid back in the day, you had said you really wanted to be uh, best in class. And it was something that you were really passionate about. Why? Like, what was your reasoning based off what you knew about class at the time? So twofold. So if I kind of going back when I used to work in the hospital industry, working there, one of the things we used to kind of look at class was one of the things like, all right, what vendors are out there that are best of class or just to kind of give options. 
if they may or may not work for us or we may not fit with us, but it kind of gives us an idea of a place to look, right? Instead of trying to find something that, like, whether it's a charge capture solution or whatever it is, just blindly, it's a place where you can go as a, as a directory. Um, the, the second, from a, from a business standpoint, was almost kind of validation, right? Say, we've got to um, get to a point where we, one, have enough customers that are using our solutions as a vendor, and then we can take that and have a third party validate that. Um, so class being that third party, kind of that independent um, trusted partner could basically say, all right, let us go talk to your customers and either provide feedback that if, if we do have garbage, we need to fix it. Or if it's working well, they can help kind of tell that story. I think it's a really cool concept how you are wanting to provide transparency to the solutions and really show this is what's good, this is what's bad, who's here to, or you should work with this person or not, maybe not this person. How do you do that when you're a pay to play? Okay, I love that question. So let me start by saying, and this is, there's this great, metaphor. And I use this when I'm talking with our teams internally, because this is something that your question of how do we remain unbiased and impartial when we drive our business revenue with subscriptions and engagements with vendors in the space, uh, it is at the forefront of just about every decision we make. So I start, when I graduated from college, I started working for KPMG and I was in like, they called it information risk management, but really it was, it was audit. And, and this was right after the collapse of Enron and WorldCom and Arthur Anderson, right, burns down in flames. Hmm. And there are great and, and, and interesting similarities between the industry of public accounting and what we do, right? You have somebody who is meant to be a, an independent assessment, an outside voice, who's also being compensated in some ways by the person they're measuring. So we at class face that same conundrum. And the way, one of the ways I look at it is if you look at what happened with Arthur Anderson, if you're, if you're familiar with that, you know, they, this was an accounting firm that had like a hundred year history and a rich pedigree and it died really fast because they lost the trust of the marketplace. So as we look at what we do as class, we, we stare that in the face every day and say, we can never let revenue become more important than truth, right? Because so, so part of the answer to your question is, how do we remain impartial? And the answer is, it's in our own best interest. Like the long-term success of class depends on the fact that providers, especially providers, but everybody in healthcare can look at our reports and they believe that what they're seeing, and it, and it, and it bears out over time, right? Like people see, is my experience being represented in what I see class reporting? And over time, I think that's part of why class has gained some prominence in the marketplace and, and it's respected, like you mentioned at organizations, they look to it because they see, no, this is true. What they're sharing is accurate. It is unbiased, but it is no small thing that we have to seek to protect and preserve that, that um, approach to research. And I think, you know, it, I, I've answered your, your question broadly, but on a very, you know, specific level, we've even structured our internal teams at class to find and eliminate bias. So, you know, if, if we have somebody who's involved in the sale or the management of a vendor relationship, we ensure that that person cannot do any significant portion of the research in that space. So we have a separate research unit that's taking the research calls, that's doing it, uh, so that we keep that independence and we keep the ability to really hear the voice and not have it connected to any sort of financial relationship. That's super interesting. And when you talk about your applications that you're reviewing and you, you mentioned the, the sales side, 
Um, have you heard success in your recommendations or people saying, you know, we were on this application A and we went to B, but we are so thankful for class. I'm sure you're going to say yes, but what are the, do you have any specific stories by chance off the top of your head? You know, what's interesting. I mean, yes, we, we do get those experiences and honestly, that's what fuels us because we're mission driven. Like that's what we're all about is helping healthcare get better. You know, even I'll share an example that's even more recent, that's slightly different than what you asked, but it's it's along the same lines. Is it wasn't a uh, a healthcare system saying, "Hey, we we switched software based on what we learned from you." Rather, what they said was, "The experience we have gotten from our vendor because of how they've listened to you is better." Because I hmm. I've heard hospital executives say, like I've heard this a few times, the best system is the one you're running. Yeah. Right. So we're not out there trying to encourage people to switch software necessarily. A lot of what we're trying to do is help vendors be better. So we'll, we'll engage with a vendor and say like, you know, you can buy this report and you can read it and you can dig in, but let us help you understand exactly what your customers mean when they say they're disappointed with the, you know, the, the phone support or the implementation was bumpy. And we help them kind of understand the best practices in the industry, help them get better. So some of the best conversations we've had recently or that I've had are where um, a hospital says, thank you, class, for what you reported because my experience with this vendor was, and, and literally I had this conversation with the provider last week. They said, we were this close to getting rid of this vendor. Like we, we, were, we were looking at alternatives. We were on the way out and they stuck with, they told us, we're listening to class, we're working with the feedback. And a year later, their score shot up. They're happy with their experience and they're, and they're giving us that feedback so that we have this, this virtuous loop now where the vendor is able to keep improving. Yeah. It sounds like, and I'm going to make an assumption, uh, it sounds like a lot of the information that you're providing to these vendors is sort of like actionable. Is there resources that help them sort of be able to, Hey, we really are bad at implementation. You said mentioned best practices. What does that look like? Do you provide them with that content? Do they get coaching or? We, we, we are trying really hard to build out our skill set in that regard. So you know, going back to the beginning of class, 26 years ago, it was like, let's collect some feedback, publish a report, do what you will with that. Right. Right. And over the ensuing years, we've, we've sought to get more and more helpful with that information. So within the last 10 years, we've started sitting down with vendors who want to sit down with us and saying, let us help you understand more deeply what's happening here. And then within the last few years, our most recent development is to say, let us, you know, guide you with best practices. Let us be part of your strategic discussion because we've been watching vendors try and succeed and try and fail with what you're doing. And we want to be able to help you make those, those leaps. So to answer your question, absolutely. We have, we even have kind of a new, a new team that we've created where we call it kind of our, our landmark insights and they're helping implementations. We have found that, um, one of the biggest, uh, correlating scores to a to winning best in class is how well they score on our implementation questions. It's kind of like when 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 a vendor puts software in, it's like you either get off on the right foot or you don't. And what we found is that you often have like you've got a, a, a firm that's helping implement, you've got the vendor, you've got the provider, and the way they see that implementation is often not the same. Right? There there are disparities in this is their fault, this is their fault. And implementations are tough in any industry, especially in healthcare technology. So we found that our approach of saying, like, let us be an independent voice. Let us come in and, and truly measure in a way that's safe, that, that preserves anonymity of respondents, 
And all of a sudden, we're facilitating these conversations and we've started doing this with, with the implementer, with the vendor, with the provider, where they're seeing more clearly what's happening as they implement. We think that's making a difference in, in some of the successful implementations out there. Yeah. So let me just jump onto that as well, too, because it kind of ties into what you were asking about earlier. We kind of being, I've been on the implementation side, been on the vendor side, I've been on the hospital side, and we kind of lived and breathed exactly what you're talking about. So from a, from a vendor perspective, when we wanted to, when I said, hey, we got to be best in class, it, that almost was our roadmap, right? To say, these are the things we've got to do to get there, right? If we got to be in X number of clients. So that's just step one, just getting in there then delivering and implementing with quality and then kind of getting their feedback. So it almost kind of like getting best in class, like getting the Oscar or the Emmy because all right, where the, what's the roadmap to get there? And the class kind of provided that for us. What's interesting is at the very beginning, I scrapped a question and that is, has the mission, mission changed? And if I'm hearing correctly, I'm gonna make an observation. Tell me if I'm wrong. Sounds like you set out for that transparency of like, hey, here's the program. Here's the document, like you mentioned, but it has evolved to a degree to not only are we gonna tell you what's wrong, now we're going to help you and walk step-by-step step with you to make it better. So that way you can implement better or do things better as a, as a company. Fair assessment or? Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. And I think, I think you, 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 you nailed it, what I was trying to communicate. And that's true. Like the mission has always been, we want healthcare technology to excel. We want, we want to do our part to help improve healthcare technology. But the way we do that is what's evolved, right? It used to just be, let us share what's going on. And now we're saying, we're going to share what's going on. And we're going to try to help you take the actionable steps. And that journey for us has largely be, been driven by feedback from the vendors that are reading our reports to, you know, they're saying like, hey, we want to be best in class. Right. How do we do it? And it's interesting because our goal is never to help somebody be best in class. Our goal is not to help them sell more or, you know, like help their marketing. Our goal is to just help them be better. Yeah. And, and if that, and generally that correlates real strongly with winning a best in class award. So the two go nicely together, but, but we're just trying to help vendors improve. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, love hearing the story about how you guys have grown and especially, I know it's been a 10 year process. It sounded like, but that's still incredible. Uh, in relation to competition and competitors, what makes class different, unique, even better than any others out there that can do the same thing class is doing? Yeah. You know, we have competitors who can do market research, right? Like there are lots of firms out there who will talk to your customers and tell you what they say. And, and we're not the cheapest at that either. I think what really differentiates us is an understanding of healthcare and our relationships with key provider decision makers. So the feedback we get is not, it's not random. These aren't online surveys from whoever. Like these are targeted conversations with people who really understand what their healthcare technology needs to do. So the, the people we're talking to is a big part of our differentiator and the, and the way that we can really get to the, the kernel of what they're sharing. So when we publish research, it's not just, hey, here's, you know, we, we interviewed 100 people and the average score is X. It's, you know, we think the bigger value is in the conversation, right? We're sharing like, here's what somebody said, and we keep all our feedback anonymous, but we'll share anonymous feedback that is very specific to, you know, here's exactly what is working well. So that when a prospective um, implementer of, of a software is looking at this, they can see themselves in the comments and say, you know, this software might've won best in class, but they have customers in this space that are frustrated. It's not for me. Or conversely, they can see somebody that might have a middle of the pack score, but that through our reporting that goes beyond just a score, they're able to see 
this does make the most sense for us because of where they're going, because of how they score on strategic vision or executive engagement or some of the things that matter to them. So we're trying to make our research really accessible for everybody where where their important uh, considerations are. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, one of my last questions here, <clears throat> as we follow up, it feels like we're flying by a time. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, how does class continue to evolve and meet future needs of provider organizations? So what is your growth trajectory? Where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years, 15 years? So I, I love this question. And I, I'll say that where we see ourselves, just like how our, our mission hasn't changed in the last 26, it's not going to change in five years, right? We're still going to be seeking to make healthcare technology the safest play to buy and implement things, right? Because vendors are performing, we're helping them get better. Where, we're, where we are making significant investments to expand and improve and, and be more helpful to achieving that, that mission that I just stated is really through our ability to guide and engage with vendors. So it, it's, it's that journey I mentioned of going beyond telling you what your customers say and saying, how can we help you get your customers having a better experience? And of course, we've talked about the line we walk, right? We, we help, but we will always have to maintain that independence in reporting. So we see it as an evolution. And, and, and I just had a, we had like an all hands meeting with our company on Monday where we talked about this. Really the two key drivers for us in the future are the relationships and the insights. So we have to be even more at the hip with the people who are implementing, running, fixing healthcare software. And then, and then equally, those relationships need to be strengthened with the providers so that it's not just us calling to collect an evaluation. It's the reverse. They call us and say like, hey, class, and I get these kind of calls. Like, what do you have in this space? Like, what, what reports have you published? What's interesting? So we have to build those relationships and then we have to keep getting smarter and deeper with what we pull from those conversations. Yeah. Follow up to that is what, this is a really direct question, but I get the information. I see the areas of my opportunity that I need to work on. Why, what makes you better than me just implementing processes internally without yeah. at class helping suggest and, you know, what do you know about implementation? I guess it's probably the easiest yeah. way to ask it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does class know about implementation? What does class know about strategy? And, and the answer is maybe not more than you in a lot of cases. And, and it's interesting. So I had a conversation yesterday with an executive at a, at a vendor, a healthcare vendor. And, and her comment to me was, we want more from class because we are in a growth mode. We're lean, right? So we don't have the resources to do some of what you're describing. So we want to engage with you on that front. So some, some are hungry, some are not. And that's okay. I don't think we're the answer for everybody. I do think that because there's a, a clarity that comes from an outside viewpoint that, that just can be so valuable. And I think that's part of why class has grown the way it has over the last 26 years is because people have always said to us, you know, hey, we can talk to our customers. We don't need you to talk to them. And that's true. Hey, we can, we can adapt our process to meet the responses that, that you're hearing from customers. We don't need you to do that. And that's true. Most companies, though, are unable to step far enough back to be able to filter out their own biases and what they want to hear. And, you know, I would say of all the vendors we measure class, only half of them, give or take, actually engage with us, right? To, to, to say, like, tell us what our customers are saying. A lot of the people that we report on and rate, they're content to see the scores and, and compete for that. And they say, you know, hey, class, we don't need your help. And, 
And you know what? We cheer them on too. Like you, whether or not somebody engages with us, we're going to put the same effort into rating them, into making sure that those ratings are accurate for the marketplace. But for those who are interested in saying, we need somebody else's view, vantage point on this, that's where we can help. Even if we don't know more about implementation than McKinsey, we do know how healthcare technology implementations are perceived by customers better than anyone. Sure. And, and that, that viewpoint uh, generally helps us bring a lot of value to the relationship. Javad, business owner, person who's developed a product from the ground up, you know, got into a position that you're in now. Do you feel like there is sometimes a gap looking internally versus like we, we, we had so many contractors, I guess what I'm trying to say, yep. but in different areas, it could be sales, it could have been, you know, but never really, we never looked at services. I feel like it never looked at um, product. And what are your thoughts on that? Now, a couple of different things. And it, it, one of the things I think is beneficial, like you're talking about is if you're doing, if we're doing something ourselves, or we're looking at it ourselves, it's good to kind of get an idea of hey, what are others doing? So you kind of get an idea of best practices of what's working, what's not working versus doing it ourselves. So that's kind of helpful. But one one kind of, and I'm going to steal your, I did kind of a question that's related that you mentioned like market research and things like that. Um, is there a, a plan or is this where you guys just kind of flip it a little bit? Because one of the things that we're doing right now is there's a lot of needs or opportunities out there in the market where hospitals and providers are need services, right? Or need a solution or something like that. Because I keep hearing about pain points is around staffing. It keeps around how, how do you kind of increase the bottom line? Those type of things seem to be the top things, but just kind of a market research to kind of get our analytics around finding out what the uh, providers need so the vendors can provide it. Yeah. that's So we have a series of events that we host that I think really speak to what you're driving at, which is how can class help identify the gaps, right? So we're not just, I think, is that what yeah, you're asking? Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. You know, yeah, we can go out and measure who's doing what, but what about the gaps where things need to develop? We host events um, multiple times a year, and there's one coming up this fall, actually here in Park City, Utah, where we get together kind of the leaders and, and the whole, and we get a really nice balance of, you know, provider executives, vendor executives, and some investors. And we say, what's, what's needed? And we usually have, just this really robust discussion where we're listening and we get everybody listening, not just class, but the investors and the vendors listening to what these, these healthcare orgs are saying, like, this is what we need. Like staffing has been hot lately. And, and, and all of a sudden we're facilitating a, a conversation. And again, this kind of fits in our wheelhouse of saying, let's bring some clarity to the discussion. So those are, those are an area where we love to try to spot the, the, the weak spots within the ecosystems. And, and we invite as many people as we can fit into uh, a given venue when we have those events. Oh, that's awesome. That was more of a selfish question because as I'm some looking ahead because I've been a provider or been in there. So you live and breathe the gaps and the problems you're facing. So a lot of what we've built is that as you, as I'm getting more further away, it's more, all right, where can we invest in next and what can we do and where can we help next and those type of things. So that's very helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great conversation, guys. I appreciate both of you joining us here. And thank you all so much for listening to the RevTech RX podcast powered by Streamline Health. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, etc. All those wonderful things. Again, I'm David Kozlowski. Take care. Hey, before you go, do you have a topic that you want us to cover? Or do you know an industry expert who could join us? Send us a message through LinkedIn and turn your ideas into new episodes right here on RevTech RX.